0: All right, let's go ahead and get started. As we begin this evening, I'd like us to just take a moment to, to pray. Um, tomorrow morning, we have a, a church member, Martha MacArthur, who's going to have some tests run. And uh, she just found out on Sunday that she has uh, colon cancer. And I'd like us to open by just having a, a time of prayer for Martha and her, her uh, husband, Ron. And just pray that God would be with them. So join me as we pray for them. Father God, Lord, I pray right now for the MacArthur's. Lord, I pray for Ron, that you would strengthen him, help him to be the man of God that you've called him to be. I pray that he would rest in you, that he would have peace, uh, that he would be uh, just a rock for Martha. Lord, I pray that he would uh, uh, lean on you. Lord, I pray that you would be... Uh, their comforter, Lord, their God. Lord, I pray that you would give them wisdom as they talk to the doctor tomorrow and, and come up with a treatment plan, God, that, that you would be with them. I pray for Martha, God. We pray for your healing hand in her life. Lord, we pray that you would, would work in this situation and, Lord, that, that, that the doctors and nurses would, would have wisdom and know um, how to best deal with this situation. Uh, and, Lord, we, we look to you as the great physician. Lord, we look to you as the God who heals. Lord, we look to you as the one who, who controls this situation. And Lord, we pray that somehow uh, in the midst of all of this, Lord, in the midst of this storm, you would, would uh, get all the honor and all the glory. Lord, we love you and we thank you for what you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, as we continue to go through the Old Testament, we've finished up with the Pentateuch. The first five books of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Uh, the, this evening, we're going to pick up with the book of Joshua. A book of conquest, a book of victory, uh, and so let's look at it. So the book of Joshua was written immediately following, um, or the, the story at least, is, is what's going on immediately following the wandering in the wilderness that we looked at in Deuteronomy. Um, and so we're, we're looking at uh, around 1,400 uh, B.C. for when the story happened, which leads us to, to who the author is and, and the date. Okay, so uh, Joshua wrote some of the things that we have. Uh, we, we read that in chapter 8, verse 32, chapter 24, verse 26, but nowhere in the book does it claim that Joshua is the author of the book. Um, in fact, in the book, you have uh, statements like this. If you look at, at Joshua chapter 4, verse 9, You have things that says, And Joshua set up twelve stones in the midst of the Jordan, in the place where the feet of the priest bearing the Ark of the Covenant had stood. And they are there to this day. And so in four or five places in the book, you have uh, this statement that it's still that way to this day. Now, that would lead one to believe that when what the author is saying is that they're there to the day that he wrote it. Uh, I remember being... 10, 12 years old, reading through the book of Joshua and thinking that it meant to this day, like in 1979, that those stones were still there. And in some cases, some of the things that he talks about, maybe we archaeologists have been able to find, but the, the writer is saying, and it probably was 100 years, 200 years, we, we don't just don't know when all of this was compiled, he's saying that those stones are there even now. And so there would have had to have been a flow of time for that that sentence to make any sense. And so, uh, uh, while Joshua himself wrote many of the things down, and in some cases things that only God and Joshua could have known, um, the the author or the compiler of the book, we just don't know who it is. Uh, it, 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 It suggests that there was a lapse of time between when the events that happened... And the time when the writing of the book was complete. So, uh, most theologians suggest that, that 1400 BC, about then, was um, when <clears throat> the events occurred. <clears throat> Excuse me. But that the final writing may have taken as far as 587 BC during the exile. But it could have happened earlier. We just simply don't know. And where the Bible is silent, we want to remain silent. So the theme of the book is really that the Lord redeemed the people out of slavery in Egypt. He formalized his covenant love for them at Sinai. And that God is going to continue with his people. If you look at Joshua chapter 1, you see this happening. So Joshua chapter 1 verse 5 is where we'll start. Uh, God is talking to Joshua and he says... No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law that Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may have good success wherever you go. The book of the law shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, then you will have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And this theme carries throughout the book, that God is with Joshua, that as Joshua goes, God is giving him strength, and so Joshua can be courageous, and also the theme that Joshua, you need to stay in the book, that the, the, the covenant that I made with Moses at Sinai still stands, even though I, I, I made it with my, my children there, uh, that now today that covenant still stands. And so uh, the theme of the book is that God continues with his children. The book of Joshua tells us what happens in the events of Israel's capture and settlement of Canaan. Um, and again, it follows immediately after the ending of the Pentateuch. The themes that you see, uh, I'm just going to kind of walk through those. Uh, like we just said, that the Lord continues, the Lord continuing presence as a key to strength and courage. We saw in the text that we just read the importance of God's instruction for succeeding in one's mission and acting with wisdom. As we move on into the book uh, we see the ability of the Lord to save the outsider in Rahab. And then juxtaposition in the book with that is Achan falling away from God. And so we see God loving the outsider, and then Achan, by by turning his back on God by his actions, being rejected. We see in that story of Achan um, that uh, the danger of failing to follow the Lord. We see the Lord as the divine warrior. Chapters 10, chapters 11, uh, we see the importance of the unity of the people of God in chapters 18 through chapter 22. We see that God fulfills the promise that he made to Abraham when he said, I'm going to give you all this land. Now he is fulfilling that promise. Some uh, five, 600 years later, God does what he said he would do. And at the end, we see the necessity of removing false gods and worshiping God alone. In the story of... of, of um, the children of Israel uh, crossing over the Jordan and coming up into uh, the fall of Jericho. We see that God told, and this is found in chapter 6, we see that God told Joshua, he said, See, I have given Jericho into your hand with its king and mighty men of valor. You shall march around the city. And so God gives uh, Joshua very specific instructions to follow. Um... And, and that the Lord speaks to Joshua and tells him how to do it. And then uh, from this story of the children of Israel crossing over the Jordan, almost kind of recreating and reliving out the crossing of the Red Sea, we see uh, God uh, showing his power in the fall of the, the huge city of of Jericho. If you remember a few years ago when we were talking about angels, we came to uh, the commander of the Lord's army. And I want, I want to read that in chapter 5. So Joshua was by Jericho. So imagine Jericho is a huge fortified city, a city that would have been, uh, there's no way that this little group of, of, of Israeli soldiers would have been able to take. And Joshua is worried. He's hanging around outside of the city. And so Joshua was by Jericho. He lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, a man was standing before him with his drawn sword in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said to him, Are you for us or for our adversaries? And he, uh, the the man, said, No, but I am a commander of the army of the Lord, and now I have come. Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshipped and said to him, What does my Lord say to his servant? And the commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, Take off your sandals from your feet, for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. And so here Joshua, outside of the city, wondering what he was going to do, God promised him, remember back in chapter 1 that we opened up our reading, that he was going to lead him, and here we see this, that God sent uh, what who he call, the text calls the commander of the army of Yahweh. He gives Joshua the instructions of how to, to take the city. The children of Israel marched around the city, and as we all know, uh, the walls fell down. And they were able to walk into the city and and take uh, the city. And um, the only place of the wall that didn't fall was Rahab's apartment. And so God uh, fulfilled his promise. We have an outline of the book. We see them crossing into the land in chapters 1 through 5. We see them taking the land in chapters 6 through uh, 13. The division of the land we see from chapters 13 to 21 and serving the Lord in the land, uh, and obeying God in chapters 22 through 24. One of the things that we see over and over and over in the book of Joshua is this idea of being vigilant with our own hearts. Okay, This is what I mean by that. The children of Israel sussed out the land in the book of Deuteronomy and sent spies in, didn't believe that God could do what he said he would do. So God made them walk in the wilderness for 40 years. Then God miraculously parts the Jordan. They go across and they take the city of Jericho. Now you would think, just like as we read the children of Israel, that as God provided for them in the wilderness, as God provided for them as they marched around, that they would figure out that God's got this. But they didn't. They're constantly grumbling and complaining. Have you carried us out here in the desert to die? Why, we miss cucumbers and garlic back in Egypt. Well, they're doing the same thing here. They take Jericho, and what does Achan do? Exactly what he was told not to do. And he takes uh, silver and gold from the city. We see in chapter 24 that they have to put off the idols that they had taken from the people around them. We're going to see next week in the book of Judges... That as we come in the book of Judges, you have a generation of people who didn't know the Lord. And this cycle repeats of of repentance, crying out to God, God raising up a leader, God bringing victory, them being satisfied, them falling away. And what that tells me is we need to be really careful. One of the things that we see from end to end in the book of Joshua... Is the propensity for the children of Israel to allow the culture around them, the idols around them, to bleed into their heart? So we see all the way back to when the children of Israel were wandering in the wilderness and and before that, that there was constant complaining and grumbling and griping. Did you just bring us out to the desert to die? We miss cucumbers and leeks and garlic. Let us go back to Egypt. It's almost like the the line from the song that says, No sooner had God freed me from my shackles did I miss their familiar weight. It's like the human heart, as Martin Luther said, is an idle factory. We can't stay true to God. And so we see that the children of Israel... Were brought across the Jordan where God faithfully split the Jordan just like he did the Red Sea and they walked over the Jordan on dry land. We see that Israel came up against an enemy that there was no way that they could defeat on their own and God gave them a specific plan and a specific way and they overcame. The walls came tumbling down and the children of Israel marched over the city. No sooner had they defeated the city of Jericho did we have Achan stealing gold and silver. It seems like the children of Israel couldn't get through their thick skull that God gave them requirements and they were to follow it. And when they did, He made them victorious. When they didn't, they were going to lose and die spectacularly. At the end of the book, in chapters uh, 22 through 24, they have to deal with idols and it's easy for us to look at the children of Israel in the wilderness, the children of Israel in Joshua. Um, next week when we come to the book of Judges, we're going to see that a whole generation grew up that didn't know the Lord. As we see those things happening, it's easy for us to look at that and say, are, are they, are, do they have a learning problem? Are they stupid? What's the problem here? Why can't they get it? But if we're honest with ourselves, It's easy for me to watch the news and forget that God's in control. It's easy for me to get worried about the economy, worried about viruses, worried about what's going on around me, and forget that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That God was God before the Black Plague and God was God after the Black Plague. God was God before... Uh, economic crisis God is God after economic crisis God is God before World War II God was God after World War II that no matter what happens in this world that God is still God and that He's given us requirements He's given us things that we should follow He's given us things that we should do and we get distracted we get distracted by this world we get distracted by by the, the culture that's around us we get distracted by our worries and temptations in life and we forget we forget that our Savior said if you're serving me I'm with you always even to the end of the age we forget that Jesus says doesn't a sparrow cost two pennies and yet not one falls to the ground and your father knows how much more so does he care for you he's got the numbers of hair on your head counted for some of you that's an easy number it's like three or four. For some of us, there's a, that's a big number. God knows you. He knows your name. And so we look at the children of Israel, and if we're honest with ourselves, we remember that our hearts are at work building idols. And that just like the children of Israel seem to have to come back and then come back and then come back to this idea of repentance and renewal, we need to be walking in that way as well. So uh, we see ourselves in the book of Joshua, if we're honest. So finally, I think the thing that we can walk away from the book of Joshua and see is, is that if, we're, if we do what God has called us to do, God is faithful. When we don't do what God has called us to do, God is faithful, and we see that his purposes for the children of Israel to possess the land, for his promise to Abraham, his promise to Isaac, and his promise to Jacob, his promise to Moses and the children of Israel at Sinai, that his promises are true and, and will occur. And so uh, Joshua has much to say to us today. Father God, I pray that you would apply your word to our hearts. I pray that we would live lives Uh, that honor you and glorify you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.